What's up, family? Now, for the last couple weeks, Pastor Rod has been taking us through uh, an exciting series um, of 50 days going up unto the Passion, uh, where Jesus uh, died and rose again. But we're following together with this exciting journey, uh, Jesus' last journey uh, on this earth, and the things that he went through and that uh, he did. Two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Rod was uh, spoke to us about Lazarus. I mean, what a, what a great story. I mean, uh, if you've been in church for, I mean, 10 minutes, you're going to hear about Lazarus come forth, right? But we're able to see that Jesus was, he was ramping up his ministry. I mean, he took it to the next level. When Jesus raised Lazarus from, from the grave, he went from being this annoying street preacher that the Pharisees were like, hey, this guy's kind of doing something here, but you know, we, we, we've seen people like him before. But all of a sudden now, they're on watch because Jesus is like, he's ramping it up. And people are taking notice and going, this isn't just a regular man. This isn't just a regular preacher. This isn't a regular teacher. This is someone who has power and authority. He's doing things like we've never seen. And yes, he was healing sick, but as soon as he started raising the dead, and I mean, for Jesus, he was, he was raising his bestie, right? Not one of his besties, but one of his good friends, Lazarus, right? But he was raising his, the awareness of who he was, and people were looking at him going, this isn't a regular person, and things started to get exciting. I just imagine uh, the disciples, they would have been going crazy. Like they've been seeing Jesus do all these amazing things. But now he's taken someone who wasn't just died a few minutes ago or died an hour ago. He, he raised someone who was dead and wrapped up and put away in a grave. Like dude was buried. And now he's bringing someone out of that. This is mind boggling for people. I can only imagine how the uh, disciples would have felt about this. They were like, yes, we've known and now everybody else knows. So then last week, Pastor Rod spoke about the fact that Jesus was coming into the city and it was Hosanna, Hosanna. And the people were now seeing Jesus not just as a crazy street preacher or this guy that everyone's talking about, but they're actually calling him king. They're actually calling him Lord. Regular people, they're treating him as a king and a Lord. And you gotta imagine how the disciples are feeling right now. That's something that we don't really think a lot about sometimes is the fact that the disciples were regular people. They were just homeboys. They were fishermen, they were tax collectors. They were just regular homeboys. And now they're following Jesus and they've seen him do these amazing things and it's all clicking. They've been hanging out with him for three years and they're feeling like things are hitting their stride. The Messiah has come. The person that was waiting for that's gonna take all of Israel out of bondage. And that's what everyone's thinking. They're like, the disciples are like, yep. Yeah. He's been working it up. He's been working it up. Now's his time. Now's a time of excitement. So that's what Pastor Rod talked about last week and the worship that was brought down upon Jesus and people are like, yes, he is a king and he's come to save us. And his disciples were like, yes, we, we chose right. We got picked by the king of kings and they're understanding 
even more so the glory of God and that Jesus is the Son of God and He's all these things. So now this week, I want to take a look at, you know, uh, Passover is, is like a day away. And Jesus is now hanging with his homies in the upper room, getting ready for some dinner. Now, the disciples had actually been with Jesus for a couple other Passovers. I mean, it talks about it earlier in John, whatnot, that um, there was, they had been together with him for three years now. So they had experienced Passover with Jesus a couple times. So this was probably at least their third Passover with him, right? So, but this one felt different. Right, like I said, Jesus had been ramping up his ministry. The disciples were starting to see, you know, what was happening. So there was a there was a buzz going in the room. Now, uh, what's going to happen in the next night is going to change the world in history. Which, if you look at John, because we're going to be reading from John, uh, John three, uh, John thirteen, verses three to about seventeen. But if you look at, at the book of John, John takes 12 chapters to lay out over three years of ministry with Jesus. 12 chapters. And now for the one night, John starts at 13 and that one night goes all the way to chapter 19. That's six chapters that John devotes to this one night. So you can you so you know right there this is an epic night. This is a night that changed the course of history and that John decided to delve deep into this one night and what's going to happen. All right. So let's, let's let's get into it. So Jesus and his homies are sitting there. They, he's told them to go to go get the donkey. He's ridden in. They're in the upper room. They're getting ready for Passover dinner. Now you gotta remember, like Passover dinner isn't like uh, they went and grabbed some, some McDonald's, they mowed down and then they're off to it. No, Passover dinner, this is a time when they spent hours eating together, right? This was, this, this was a long occasion. This was a full night's dinner. So they come to the upper room and then Jesus is reclining. It says that the, the disciples and Jesus were reclining. So they're sitting back on their, on their arms and like, hey, what's up? These are, these are besties for the last like three years and they're hanging out. So we'll start in chapter 13, verse one. And we're gonna go uh, a couple verses at a time and I just wanna like, pull out a couple things from, from each verse here. All right, uh, 13 verse one. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, now I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna stop there, right? And so it says here that Jesus knew his hour had come. If you read back through, through, through John, uh, like th four other times in John, Jesus is talking about his hour, but every other time he's talking about his hour, he keeps saying, my hour has not come. If you look at his very first miracle that he ever did, when his mom's like, dude, they're, they're out of wine. We need some more wine. Jesus, you got to help us out. What does Jesus answer her today? He says, woman, my time has not come. But now for the first time, Jesus is saying, this is it. 
My time has come. All the things that we've been waiting for, my time has come. It is now. So you know right there that from this point on, something exciting is gonna happen. Something's gonna be big because through these other 12 chapters, he's been saying, nope, nope, nope. Um, I'm, I'm doing great things and you're gonna do great things just like I've done, but my time has not come. And now at the beginning of this chapter, Right off, the, right off the bat, he says, my time has come. All right, let's keep going. Um, Jesus knew that his, that, sorry, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that uh, the Father had given uh, all things into his hands and that he had come uh, from God and was going back to God. Let's stop there in verse, in, in verse 3. So this just reiterates that uh, Jesus knew he was God. He had come from God and he was going back to God. There's, there's, there's some people and some uh, religions that, that believe that, yeah, Jesus was, was you know, he was, he, was, he was a Messiah, he was a messenger, but he wasn't God. It says here, he knew who he was. God had given him power and authority over everything in this world. He was a king. Not just a king, the king. And he knew the power and authority he had. Now, kings of this world, if you're a king in this world, anything goes. You rule. Anything you say will be done. It's expected that uh, everyone will follow your direction, that there is nothing you cannot do. And that's the power that Jesus had. And he knew it. It says right here that God had given him power and dominion over everything. So Jesus is king. Let's remember that. Jesus is king. Power over everything. Let's move on. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. All right, verse four. This is a big verse. So this is where we kind of start to see that what John is doing here is that he's showing, and what Jesus did is he's showing his life here in this one act. He's showing the gift that God gave us of Jesus Christ in this one act. This one chapter envelops everything that God has done in our, in our lives with the gift that God has given us to us. So it says here that he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments. Now you could realize he, he took his coat off, right? But if you look at it, it becomes almost like a metaphor of, of who he was. Because in the verse before that, he said that he came from God and he was going back to God. So he came from God. When he was in heaven, he wore all majesty. But when he came to earth, he had to take that off. If you read in Philippians 2 verse 6, 
it says, though he uh, was in the form of God, did not count equal as being a thing and grass. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man. He took off that and he became a servant. If you look at what he did here, he took off that coat that he would have come in, that people were worshiping him as a king. He took that off, and then it says that he tied a towel around him. Now, this was something in that day that only a servant would do. So Jesus went from showing his dominion and power and that he was sitting there with his coat. He took that off and put on a towel and showed himself as a servant. It's exactly what Jesus did. When he was in heaven, he was kingly. But he took that off so that he could come and serve us and do what we needed to be done. Now, uh, in the Jewish culture, uh, they had open-toed sandals, right? Uh, this was back in the days where you could bath and everything, but then when you're heading out to uh, dinner, you got these open-toed sandals, and when you come into the house, I mean, there's not a lot of paved roads and stuff like that, right? So your feet are gonna be dirty. Now, normally there'd be a servant there to wash your feet for you. But as we know, that this was just a rented room, so there was no servant there. This wasn't a person's house where they had a servant who could come and wash their feet. This was a rented room, so there was no servant to do this for them. So we know that their feet weren't washed. And now Jesus takes off his coat and becomes that servant and becomes what is needed at that moment. When there wasn't a servant to do this at that time, Jesus stepped in and became what was needed at that time. Jesus became the servant. Now, in our, in our minds, like, they, they, we just don't get that. We see it as like, oh yeah, geez, he was a cool guy. He used to, be, he used to be a carpenter and he took off his coat and washed the feet. No, you have to remember that they were building up to this. They were just worshiping him as king. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. He was a king above kings to them. And now he's taking this off and he's showing himself as a servant. It's a dichotomy in our, our thinking, but to God, it's not. This is reality. Let's keep going. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. When he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him. What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward, you will understand. Youch. But we think like Peter, because Peter's always the guy who's beacon off in the corner. I mean, Jesus even had to tell him, you know, a few chapters back, get thee behind me, Satan, right? Because Peter's just not getting it. He's thinking like the world thinks. But God, Jesus is thinking on a whole different level. And he's like, dude, you don't even understand what I'm doing right now. Of course, we see it as he's showing himself as the servant, that he is, that he came to serve this world and step in and do what no one else could do. 
But Peter's going like, Jesus, you're king, you're Lord. We just worshiped you as king. You can't be doing this. This isn't what kings do. But Jesus is like, you don't understand what's going on, Pete. I have to do this. So Peter said to them, you will never wash my feet. He wasn't being a jerk about it and being like, dude, get off my feet. Don't touch my feet. I don't know if he's got like a foot thing. Maybe he had some warts on there where he's like, no, 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 Jason. No, no, don't be touching my feet, Jesus. Let's, uh, no, he's like, you're too holy. You're too great to wash my feet. But then Jesus answered him and said, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Peter's not getting it, but Jesus is showing what he's about to do. He's about to serve mankind. And now, unfortunately, a lot of people in this world have been like Peter and said, I don't want your feet washing. I don't want any part of that. But Jesus is saying, it's here. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to cleanse you. I'm here to provide the service that no one else is here to provide. And Jesus is saying, like, you have to accept this. You need to accept this. It's our choice whether or not to accept the gift of Jesus' service, of Jesus' servanthood, of his laying down, his, his, his taking his coat off and becoming a servant to us. But we can, we can turn away from that, but Jesus is saying, if you turn away from this, I got nothing to do with you. That's what he tells Peter. You don't understand it, but you need me to do this. So then Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. I mean, like Pete, uh, you gotta kinda, kinda love the guy, right? He goes from like, don't touch me, don't touch me, to okay, yeah, hey, wash everything, man. Start taking a shirt off, no, he didn't take a shirt off. But he's like, wash me, head to toe. If just the feet is good, head to toe. But then uh, Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but it's completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, uh, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, boom! I love the way John says it. In that other verse, he said that he was with God. He came down here. He's going back to God. He took his coat off. He did his job. He cleansed us. He was the servant that he needed to be. Put his coat back on. Exactly what he was about to do. He did his, he did his service. He did what he came to do and cleanse us. And then he put his garments back on. He was going back to be with his father in heaven and reclaim and take his place beside his father on that throne. Put it back on. Keep going. Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you are right, for so I am. 
If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also um, ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I tell you. Hey, if Jesus is saying truly, truly, listen up. Right? A servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. He says it. I did it. I'm expecting you to do it. Now, this is kind of a tough pill for us to swallow, right? Because we as Christians, uh, we as people, we like to be more kingly than servantly. We like to err on the side of I'm more upscale, you know, king than down in the dirt servant side. It's easy to do. It's what society says. If society says, you don't want to be a servant. You want to be lowly. Uh, just like it was back in those days where, you know, the fact that Jesus was on his knees washing uh, someone's feet. I mean, today in society, I got to say, I don't like feet. I love my wife. And when we were dating and I was trying to woo her and swoon her, right? I, I, I massaged those feet like I lotioned them. I massaged her feet. And she's like, oh, it feels so good. I'm like, yeah, strong hands, work those feet, right? And she loved it. That was 20 years ago. She's still asking, why don't you massage my feet anymore? I'm like, they're feet. I'm not crazy about feet. Right? And that's most of society, right? Feet aren't a, right? But Jesus says, it's not just about doing what you want. It's about doing what is needed. Now, it's easy to have this idea of, well, I'm a Christian, I'm gonna show all the good things in life, and you know, God has blessed me with all this good stuff, and showing people, and having that little bit of pride in yourself. All right, uh, but there's something to be said about humility. If you look at all the things that Christ did, Jesus came to this earth with all power and authority. It says it here, he had all power and authority. He had the power to do anything. If Jesus wanted a brand new boat, all dude had to say was like, I want that boat, and it would have been his. I was gonna say like a Maserati, but there are no Maseratis back then, so I'm guessing like a super cool chariot. Maybe there's like a super nice horse, right, to ride around on. If Jesus wanted any of these things, they could have been his. But if you look at everything he did, it was never for him. He came to serve. And all the miracles he did were to serve others. When he fed the 5,000, wasn't, it wasn't talking about like, oh, dude, I'm hungry. I've been preaching here for like a long time. I got to take a break, grab some eats. You guys go do your thing. No, it was they're hungry. So I'm going to feed them. He never talked about the food that he took. If you look at his miracles, people were coming to him. He's like, I'm going to give to you. I'm a servant, a servant's heart to you. And that's what Christ is saying to us. He's like, I've given you this power, but it's not about what you can get from it. It's about what you can do with it for others. We as a church, we as uh, Christ's people, his hands and his feet, 
We need to be out there serving our communities. That's what this story is about. That's what the story of Christ is about. When Jesus came to this earth, he said it here. He took himself, he took his majesty and everything off so that he could come and empty himself and be a servant. And that's what he's asking us to do as his children is to come and be servants and to serve our community and to serve people. And we want to know what's going to change this world. It's when we as his church and we as his people step out and say, I'm here to serve you. And I'm here to step out and do everything I can to help you. To It may not be fun and glamorous, and I, I may not want to post about it on Instagram because mm, I, I kind of look like a fool. But God's not asking you to look good. God's asking you to do good, no matter where it is. If the queen came into my house and was walking past the bathroom and was like, mm, Toilet needs a little bit of a scrub down, Jay. I gotta tell you, when I was a bachelor, my toilet was nasty, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't great about cleaning my bathroom. You can ask my wife, I'm surprised she still married me, right? But the queen walked past and all of a sudden was like, Jay, your toilet's kinda dirty. Here, let me get that brush and get down in that. People be like, no, what are you talking about? The queen would never do that. That's the queen, that's below her. But Jesus was like, there's nothing that's below me. I'm here to help you, whatever needs to be done. And we as a church, he's not just saying to, that we're here to uh, wash each other's feet. Yes, I do believe that there's times when we need to physically show that and do as Jesus did and have feet washing and have that physical uh, manifestation that Jesus did and wash each other's feet. But I think the real life, you know, living it out is how am I going to metaphorically wash somebody else's feet? That I see there's something wrong in their life and I'm not just gonna go, someone should go fix that. When someone writes a post and they're down on, on uh, Facebook and you're like, wow, someone should go talk to her. So I really hope somebody steps up and you know helps them out. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, you do it. You wash their feet. It may not be, you know, sexy and amazing, but you step up and you wash their feet. You do what needs to be done. You fix that toilet in someone's house that you heard is broken down. You fix their car. Maybe it's not just about posting the nice things all on social media all the time but it's actually stepping out and serving our community. So I pray that as we follow through this, that we look at Jesus, hey guys, and this was actually the end of Jesus' public ministry. From this chapter on, Jesus no longer is talking in the public. As he goes into this chapter, it's actually later on becomes a discourse, uh, his final discourse to his followers. He's not talking to, uh, like when he talked to the Beatitudes um, and whatnot, that, that this, I encourage you to read later on uh, from uh, 13, 14, 15, where Jesus gives a discourse to his, to his disciples, to the, his homies that he's been hanging with, and like, this is my last time, I'm really gonna get down with you. It's, it's an amazing read. But, 
Sorry, it's a side note. I was reading it, I just got excited about it. All right, but we as a church need to step out and be the servant that Jesus showed us to be. We need to take off our coats and put on that towel around us and step out and serve our community where they need it. Because there's no servant in the house, he washed their feet. Because there's no man in the house, I'm gonna bring it real, guys. When you have that neighbor who has his, who maybe the, the, the dad isn't there anymore. Maybe it's time for us as men to step up and serve our community and be the dads that we need to be, that this world needs. And when you see that, that, that neighbor and you see that child without a father, that you step up and go, man, it's not fun. I don't got time. I got to work. I'm busy. I got my own kids that you step up and go, I'm gonna step up and be somebody in this child's life. Or when you see a neighbor and you know that they're going through financial hardships and you're doing okay and God's blessing you, or maybe you're not doing great, but you're getting by and you see that this family has a need and going, Wow, I hope God does something for them. I'm gonna pray for them. Maybe instead of just praying for them, God let you know that and you step up and you buy those groceries and you put them on their doorstep and you bless them. I encourage you as a church this week, let's make it real. Let's step out. Let's be God's hands and feet. Let's serve our community. Hashtag service. When we say service in the church, let's make it different. We're not talking about coming together. We're talking about actually serving our community and being servants of Christ in this world, just like Jesus called us to be. I'm sorry, I know I'm going long, but this excites me. How can we as a church serve our community? God has great things to do in this world. And I know that if we follow his direction, and we step out as he has told us to, we can impact this world in ways that we can't even understand yet. Jesus coming to earth and serving, he impacted this world like no one else could have. And he's asking us to do the same thing by serving our community as a family, this church family. So family, this week, step out, be servants of God. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. Uh, I love you guys. I miss you. Please uh, message down below. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, I'd love to know how things are going in your life. Um, call me at the church. Uh, get a hold of me any way you can. I love you. I pray that God's doing great things in your life. Have a fantastic week.